AI in Action is brought to you by Aulis International, covering your business's staffing, consulting, and networking needs. Our host brings you the leading minds in AI, sharing their story, their success, and their advice. Focusing on fast-tracking you to the top, AI in Action cuts through the hype to help you kickstart your data science career. To listen to the latest AI in Action podcast, head over to www.aldis.com forward slash podcast, or subscribe via iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Podcasts. Hi, welcome to the AI in Action podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Kelly. Today on the show, we have Andy and Martin from Project A Ventures. Andy is the investment manager, and Martin is the CDO here. Thanks for coming on the show, guys. Thanks for the invitation. Cool. For those people who are listening but wouldn't be too familiar with Project A, just give me a little bit of an introduction as to, to what you do. Yeah, so we're a venture capital fund, um, and it's all simplicity. No, but actually, we're going far beyond that. So. Um, we do seed and series A, investing one to five million euros in ticket size um, and in general into all kinds of business models. And obviously, since we're following also the latest trends, uh, AI has been quite a buzz also for the last couple of years. So we have invested into a couple of companies that have AI in its core, um, but it's not the only thing we do. So in general, we're a sector agnostic fund. And besides the whole VC part, we have a operational team of roughly 100 people, which Martin is an integral part of, um, who support our portfolio companies operationally in case they want to. Maybe also important to to understand um, the operational support that we're offering um, is something that should completely help the companies. So it's not an agency or a consultancy model where we try to create dependencies. It's something where we help the portfolio company to become better by itself. Um, and then also we, we move out of the portfolio companies eventually. So no obligation, pure optionality. Excellent, excellent. What is it you look for in a company? When is I going to invest in them? Yeah, so I think the, the criteria are actually quite the same for AI companies and non-AI companies. Um, I think the company has to solve a super relevant problem. Um, that's That's one thing. Team obviously has to be super strong. Um, the market needs to be there. Also, which is very important, actually, the timing needs to be right. So the technology needs to be sufficiently good enough in order to solve that problem in a better way how it has been solved before. Um, so there's a couple of criteria that we have lined up um, around these, and they, these are not super special. I think these are quite the same for for any venture capital fund. So. How do you access AI startups, you know, specifically ones using AI? You know, a lot of companies who are claiming to use AI because it, I think it adds, what, seven, eight times more value to your business brand. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, how are you finding companies that are actually applying it and then proving that they're applying it? Yeah, so um, that's a that's a multi-step process, I think, <laughs> um, and it's and it's a super relevant question to ask because it's very easy to claim that you're doing AI, um, but it's a, a totally different thing, uh, a totally different animal to do so. Um, so um, yeah, first I think it's important to say that the things that we focus on, mostly the businesses are. Um, are applying AI in some sense to a specific problem. So we call this vertical applications of AI. We do less of horizontal um, tooling in that sense. So we do less of tools for uh, machine learning practitioners. So this is something that we do less. 
but why why we do that um because tooling in that sense is very much covered already especially by large companies that we are somewhat afraid of in a sense to be very honest uh, like facebook google amazon um also ibm and so on so this is why we decided not to focus super much on the tooling side of ai but more on the specific application side so um and speaking of the application side how we really sort of yeah how we assess it there is um like first uh, in the first calls in the first meetings with the investment team thinking about the process i mean we have a couple of questions lined up and i mean we've seen now a couple of companies already in the in using ai so we know to ask around all right do you have like what data sets are you using are they actually relevant to solve the problem have you embedded some sort of feedback loop into uh into your product that if users are doing whatever with the product that this is being fed back into the algorithm that you can actually that it's a self-learning system or if it is it only supervised learning so um there are a couple of questions how we find out and especially like the whole how surprised also the founders are if we ask these questions um and how they answer these um so this is sort of, sort of the the beginning of the process so i think we're quite a coarse filter as the investment team and then when we're actually going deeper um then we look martin in because he's he's the the expert uh when it comes to assessing this and he's asking more specific questions around the business model yeah i think a second thing we always try to find out also related to the question of like these tool startups so we see lots of founders who want to build tools for other companies so they want to build data science platforms or uh, have developed some algorithm for something and then we very often try to figure out whether they have a potential to become a pure software as a service company so basically for a vc it's not so interesting to invest in business models that are essentially an agency because if you have an agency then acquiring more customers also means hiring more people that uh, work with these customers so they are not as easily scalable with sales and marketing as pure software as a service companies or companies that essentially have a different both business model than helping other companies with tooling. So that's why we are looking more in either into vertically integrated cases where AI is used to, well, to run a different business uh, or where it's a pure software as a service thing. Right? So what we, we see very often uh, founders basically one providing tools for others and this is uh, not so attractive for us. And then it's also hard to guess which one of those will become successful. Yeah. And essentially, they all compete with the big data science and machine learning teams at, at Google, Facebook, and so on, yeah. which is also not a good position yeah. to be in. And in general, we're just we're super excited about AI, but we're super excited about leveraging AI in order to solve this problem that is out there. And not, we're not so super excited around sort of the whole tooling landscape because i think quite a large portion of that is solved or being worked on by by the big guys yes so martin you mentioned earlier on about all these companies using ai in their pitch deck um now that might be that they're not actually applying ai yet or they're, they're planning to apply ai or some cases they're just looking to increase the value of what they could get for an investment because we know it adds a substantial amount to your investment how do you write off or say what company 
can use AI or is using AI? Yeah, that's it's very interesting. I think there was a really funny case where we had one company that claimed to have a proprietary AI engine for doing something. I actually don't remember what it was. But uh, after half an hour into the due diligence uh, meeting, we found out that the proprietary algorithm was actually um, an, a, a bunch of like 20 people in Romania doing the actual work. Uh, and this, this took us some time to find out. But this was rather a kind of kind of an exceptional case. Very often, people like to mention that they have somewhere AI in their platform or plan to do it. I think they do it because, of course, um, there, um, if you can claim that you have some AI in your company, I think that makes uh, it easier to raise um, at higher valuations. And uh, so, so that's why we see in, in more or less every pitch deck some AI. And there was also recently this study uh, by MMC where, where somebody found out that 40% of the companies that claim to use AI in, uh, in, in their company actually don't do it at all. And well, I don't know actually how they measured it, but for us, it's also often the case that people claim they use AI and in the end, it's a bunch, bunch of uh, handwritten rules, right? So where people see AI as something like advanced algorithms, which is fine as long as, as they're solving an actual problem. Absolutely. And I think the last point is super, super relevant. I think it's it's totally fine to sort of fake it till you make it um, in the sense that you write like a rule-based set that could be eventually also completely automized uh, with an AI algorithm. I think that's fine. It's just, it's not an AI company in its heart, but it's not necessarily a bad company. I mean, there's a ton, tons of good companies out there who are relying on rule-based systems and not on AI. Um, it's just that the tendency nowadays to spin the pitch more towards AI just simply to increase the valuation is, I mean, it is, it is there, um, but I think it's a, it's, it's a very bad trend because you want good investors on board and good investors will at some point find out whether this is now true AI or not. Yeah. And if you just simply want to raise like whatever money, not from good investors, but like from anyone, then it might be, might be helpful to like throw all the buzzwords in. Um, but I think this should not be really done. Yeah, I think a lot of the time as well, it also opens you up to local uh, funding yeah. and EU funding then as well to, to really impact that. And I suppose you mentioned on the 40% of AI companies not using AI, it's actually uh, an interesting stat. It's only 4% of large enterprise businesses are actually using AI or data science to impact their product that they actually offer. They use AI and data science, you know, to automate back-end processes like marketing, but it's not actually something that the customer sees, but yet they're spending hundreds of millions yeah. on these very expensive, talented teams. So I suppose to take us on to the next question I have, user coming in and I suppose creating AI environments almost with every company that use investing. What's, what's the challenges in running AI startup projects? Oh, there is a lot. And uh, in fact, we are also not so successful in establishing AI in our portfolio companies. In some, it works really well, in others, not. I think one of an obvious uh, obstacle is access to data. So uh, a company that only has 10 customers or is, is just ramping up or has only a few hundred customers and a few thousand transactions, 
it's very hard to do anything in terms of where you learn from from data. Um, what so that's one thing. So basically, lots of companies don't really have data yet. And then what we really like to see is there is already a strategy for for collecting data uh, and for 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 using that in a later stage where you can move maybe from rule based system to something more learned, but where you have already a system in place where from each new customer you have, or from each new interaction with the customer, or from each, from each new transaction, where you basically gather more data. So whenever we see founders that um, want to do machine learning on, on something, we always check whether they have some sort of network effect, whether where more, getting more customers on board will also make the product automatically better by leveraging more data. And then we like to see like how easy is it to onboard new customers, how easy is it to, uh, to connect the, the data of these different customers so that uh, actually you get a basis uh, for, for doing uh, machine learning. I would say the second big challenge is, uh, is, well, is organizational, to basically find the right people for uh, getting data science in production. And what we see is that many founders make the mistake of first hiring pure data scientists, so people who are good at statistics, at math, who kind of work in R or Python notebooks, and who basically kind of live in this world of, of data science technology, but who actually uh, have then troubles of getting their algorithms in production. So where they, first of all, don't really have access to data, so where then data scientists are hired, uh, but there is no central place where all the data of the company is in one place so that they can run their algorithms and, uh, and then test them. But also where then when it comes to making it a part of the platform, where then there's the tooling missing or the, the expertise of bringing these algorithms into something that runs stably and robustly uh, in the production system. And while that's a chicken and egg problem, um, our recommendation is usually to not start with hiring uh, data scientists or machine learning engineers, but to start first with more general uh, data engineers who are first able to integrate all the data of a company into one place so that then later these more specialized uh, data science um, uh, roles uh, can thrive and then create value. It's funny you do say that because a lot of the time, and um, particularly now, data engineering is quite new. Um, a lot of companies have been hiring these data scientists and then realizing that, yeah, we actually don't have, you know, pipelines coming through for these guys to work on. And they're asking the data scientists to go back and build a data pipeline. The data scientist is like, this isn't my specialty. I don't do this. And it comes down a challenge for the company to keep the data scientists engaged in what they're actually doing. Yeah, I think that creates a lot of frustration. I think yeah. on both sides. So there is data scientists who want to build models, and then there are tasked with, in the worst case, with ad hoc requests. Please give me the revenue for last month, right? So this is not something these people want to do, and that they're also not something they're good at. Or like build me, build me data integration pipelines, which they are also often not trained for or also not good at, which leads to wacky solutions. Uh, and also it leads to frustration from the from the from kind of the stakeholder or founder side because they think they hired these small data scientists but then everything takes long and, and doesn't get off the ground because essentially there's an expectation that these people will solve everything around data and, and, and AI problems 
but then they get stuck with much simpler uh, problems. So there's an, uh, well, there's this disconnect between the expectations of, of companies towards data scientists and then what they can deliver, but also what they want to do. And, uh, but I think it's, um, it's a problem that now more and more people are aware of and that um, also I think in the, in the past year uh, well led to a kind of rise in the importance of hiring data engineers. So we see now a trend that um, uh, companies now rather hiring hire data engineers that are also good in, uh, in data science and machine learning subjects rather than the other way around. I wanted to ask you a question. You mentioned one of the biggest challenges was the lack of data available, particularly with these smaller companies. Now, I've interviewed a couple of startups and smaller businesses. Some are for it, some are against it. But they actually created their own training data, in some cases when they didn't have enough real customer data. Mm -hmm. What's your opinion on that? Well, I don't think that creating fake data is a good thing. Uh, of course, uh, companies that don't have a big data set yet of their own interactions with their customers. There's always tricks to, to go around to look at pre-trained models from, from, from Google and Facebook or to leverage external databases or to actually buy data. And I think a really nice and elegant solution is to create some kind of process where you run the actual business without machine learning. Uh, for example, by manually um, using uh, call agents or, or using by manually using humans to to process data, but then um, kind of use these humans to create labeled training data. So to have humans actually solving a business problem uh, or kind of processing requests or whatever, um, and uh, but at the same time generating data so that in the end you can automate what these humans are doing. So it's this kind of human-in-the-loop approach where you don't try to fully automate the business yet, but rather have an actual working business process and then use this running business process to create data, to label it, uh, and to later automate parts of that. I think that's much more easy to, to go from a working process step-by-step, uh, step, um, uh, to, to automate it step-by-step, rather do it than doing full automation uh, from the start. Nice, yeah. nice. I like that. I like that approach. Good, uh, good informative answer. Um, so I suppose our last question to wrap things up, you know, Martin, you're very experienced in the AI data science, data engineering uh, world here with Project A. When you're looking at grown scaling teams for Project A yourself or your portfolio companies, what do you look for in AI and data candidates? It depends on the state of the company. So when the company is very small, then we first try to get an analyst in the company. So somebody with a strong business focus, who has a bit of knowledge in maybe running SQL queries against the backend or doing a bit of Python, but who basically manually creates insights for the company and tries to make the company better with data. Uh, and only when uh, the company is big enough, so where then either there's a complexity in this processing of data for the analyst, or where there's data volumes that make it hard to process the data with Google Sheets or small Python scripts, then we typically, the next step is to get a data engineer on board, uh, who kind of helps them with these technical challenges of uh, processing data. And only then when we have, well, the working data infrastructure in place, 
then we look for more specialized uh, data science roles. So only in our bigger portfolio companies, we have pure data scientists. In the smaller ones, we start with analysts and uh, data engineers. For the analysts, we basically look uh, for strong communication skills. Um, we look for uh, an analytical mindset and also for, for a mindset of uh, the willingness to help people. Right? So for us, an analyst is successful when he makes uh, all the other people in the company uh, reach their goals by helping them uh, with data. For the data engineering roles, we, looking, we are look, looking for a general, let's say, software engineering craftsmanship. Right? So we want that people, uh, I, I don't care whether people know a specific database or a specific tool. I want people who know how to write efficient and, and robust software and get that into production, but then also have a bit of feeling for, for algorithms, for complexity, uh, because essentially we're also dealing with, with lots of data. So, so like it, there can be good software engineers who are good at writing, well, huge class abstractions in Java. These are not so interesting for us. We want people who write a little code, but very efficiently. And well, and then for the data science roles, there we are looking for people who are good also at communicating uh, and also in understanding the business problem, because we've seen this very often if you, um, well, if you give a junior data scientist a problem, then he will simplify it and then iterate over tools, right? So he will kind of make the problem easy enough so that he can work on it. And then people start playing, trying, trying different methods, trying and quickly starting doing parameter optimization or parameter search. And this usually does not create value. So a, a big challenge in doing data science or AI projects is to have a, a well, long communication with the stakeholder, what the actual problem is that we want to solve, um, and then to, uh, trying to find simple solutions for that uh, problem. Um, there's also the challenge then of uh, explaining it to the, to the stakeholders and founders, right? So if you, if you build something that is a total black box, then people will not trust it. So basically you have to show that the thing that you built, uh, first of all, creates value, but also uh, will create some kind of trust that uh, founders at least have a feeling for what's going on and that they eventually um, trust the automation uh, that you build. Excellent. Great. Look, that's absolutely fantastic, guys. I really appreciate your time. Um, you're listening to the AI in Action podcast. Today's guests were Andy and Martin from uh, Project A. Guys, thanks for coming on the show. It's great to have you. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much. AI in Action is brought to you by Aulus International, covering your business's staffing, consulting, and networking needs. Aulus offer an exec search program. Aulus can help you discover how data science and AI can transform your company. With our unrivaled network of C-suite executives and senior AI professionals, we offer retained search services across the US and Europe. Get the Aulus advantage. Become a member of the Aulus community and enjoy some of the following. AI meetups. Once a month, our community gathers to listen to some of the leading experts in the world of data science and AI. Our speakers come from all over the world, including Dublin, Boston and Frankfurt. We also have our AI mentors. Our experts will provide mentoring to all us members. And don't forget our AI in Action podcast. Each week, we have guests from all over the world talking us through their education, career and more. Become an Aldous member and get the Aldous advantage. For more information and to sign up for our newsletter, log on to www.aldous.com. That's www.aldus.com. 
All is international, empowering through AI.